0: Bitcoin boys your average everyday crypto bros that's right it's Andy aka producer by the way or producer btw on Twitter and I'm actually sitting with Daniel Gutierrez what's up everybody and Aaron
1: also known as crypto sanity aka sanity crypto on Twitter
0: I wasn't sure if you wanted me to do the last name I don't do my it's like Daniel's the only one that does his last name kind of <laughs> I'm same so, docs, but it's okay okay
2: I, I I had no clue that doxing was a thing until we started doing this
0: podcast. Yeah, by the way. it's fine. I I you know we have our ways of uh, introducing ourselves. But uh, what's up? How you guys doing? Let's catch up first. We almost made out, sir. Uh, <laughs> if you
2: guys didn't see, uh, uh, Aaron and I are sharing a mic and we almost kissed. It was nice. That's uh, right. It's weird. Uh, you know, it wasn't that weird. It felt comfortable. Wow. Okay. Uh, so I saw it. It was really awkward. So anyways, uh, I am actually up to date on. Everything, Game of Thrones, End Game, uh, my daughter's changing of diapers—we're all caught up on everything. I'm very
0: happy. Okay, about this past weekend, I, I saw. I do want to talk about Detective uh, Pokemon. Detective did you guys get you or Pikachu? Did you guys see Ryan it? Ryan
1: Reynolds. Uh, no. Okay, then I won't spoil. it. Is that a spoiler?
0: Like, it's not really a spoiler. I was about to say. Uh, I did want to say that I was slightly disappointed, or it was overhyped for me. Um, and I wanted to be honest surprised. that it was weird. I was sitting in the theater. I was like, I saw this in the trailer. I saw this in the trailer. I saw this in the trailer. And it really made me mad because I was like, maybe the movie would have been better if you didn't show Eve, you know, Evie appearing out of nowhere in the trailer. I would have been more shocked and awesome. Like, sh- like, oh, there's Evie. It's like, why did they well, do all these? Well, the
2: moment that in the trailer they showed me Mewtwo, I'm like, well, they have no surprises. They should have, they should have not, not even shown m- him. But you know why they did it? Because they didn't want us to. It's kind of like the Sonic the Hedgehog situation, although this is pre Sonic the Hedgehog. They didn't want to, um, uh, how to say, they didn't want to, like, reveal it and then everybody go, that looked awful. I feel, I feel that could have been the situation then. That's no excuse because Endgame
0: purposely shows you parts of the movie that you can see and then they don't show you most of everything. Endgame's a perfect example of the trailer not giving away. They said the trailer only showed uh, parts of the first 20 minutes. And then there were obviously some shots that weren't in the movie. Well, that's extremely rare. That's one of my biggest problems
1: with trailers. And that's why I don't like to go to movies early, because trailers ruin movies sometimes. When they know they don't have a great movie, but maybe you're a fan of it and you want to see it anyway, they will completely ruin the entire movie because they'll get people in that way. Even though in the end result you're not happy, they've already got you in, they've already got your money. That's what I think, and that's why I hate trailers. But companies like Disney, who lets Marvel do their thing... The way they did the trailer was with respect to the story and the fans.
0: They've been doing that more, which is better. But my point is is that this was a product for me personally, in my opinion, of I saw a lot of it in the trailer and I really wish I didn't. Maybe I wish I didn't watch the trailer. So I'm Yeah, we'll see. Moving on, sir. Moving on. With life. Well, that was my week. What about you guys? Other than the ketchup, what did you do, Sanity? Uh, Mother's Day, uh, you know, and, I, and
1: the other thing is, I appreciate most of you out there who aren't spoiling Endgame for me because I have a new baby and we can't go to a movie theater for quite a little while. Uh, so good that hasn't been spoiled for me. I've been yeah keeping my head down, but yeah, Mother's Day, Game of Thrones. Oof, that's all I'll say about that. No discussion further because no spoiling. But it was just a good weekend. Some video games, playing some Hollow Knight, and uh, watching some crazy stuff in the market, and then uh, Mother's Day it was good.
2: Cool. Yeah. I completely forgot to thank my mom on social media on Mother's Day. I actually saw her in real life, which is weird. And and I gave her a Mother's Day card and all that stuff, but I didn't thank her on social media. And Jim Carrey said, uh, if I don't thank my mother on social media, does she exist or does she not exist? <laughs> and I was like, hmm, That's this funny. is a good point. Uh,
0: so just shout out to my mom. Happy Mother's Day again. Happy Mother's Day. Again. Well, anyway, uh, so... That's great and all, but Daniel, why don't you tell us where they could find us and all that jazz?
2: They can find us at thecoinways.com if you guys are f- listening to us for the very first time. In fact, if you guys are listening to us for the f- very first time, there's a high possibility of that because of what's happened this past weekend. So uh, listen up. Go. Uh, we're going to be having a 101 series on there hopefully within the next month. Uh, to really kind of give you the tools and stuff that we didn't really have with the proper information the proper changes has been updated since we first started because even when we started even though we were correct with our Bitcoin uh, analysis and with our Bitcoin um, uh, tutorials and things like that uh, the information has changed more truth has come out more understanding has has been had. So uh, we're going to be updating that quite a bit. Um, it's going to be a fun ride if it is your first time. Uh, but it is a ride. There's ups and there's downs. So, uh,
0: so listen closely. Yeah, and uh, our our handles and social media are the Coin Boys Podcast. So that's on IG and Twitter. Uh, but guys, I'm just gonna I'm gonna pull this lever, and we're gonna go into block news. Let's do it. All right. So obviously we don't talk price in this podcast, but we do. Pro- it's important to talk about the trends. And right now there's a major trend going on because a lot of people are calling this or I mean, I am the consensus pump because consensus is the biggest conference of the year going on in New York right now uh and so I don't do you want to say where it's at or what do you want to talk about Daniel tell tell me tell me about this Sanity. this pump well basically uh the price is what are we at Sanity.
1: Seven thousand eight hundred ninety-one dollars and ninety-seven cents as of the second.
0: That is probably the first time in in a year and a half you've heard a price. Yeah, on this the actual yet. price. And so here's the thing: that's going to change
2: by the time you hear this. And it could be up, it could be down. Nobody knows. But the point is, it is up, which is good, great. That's the whole point. We 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 do we do like to go up, but you should never ever be in this because of that reason. Uh, you should be in this for the technology, but doesn't mean that you can't you can't be safe out there. So here's some things. First off. Uh, make sure you have some stop losses set. However much you, you're willing to lose from this point, from this price point, from whatever price point that, that we're at, uh, whether it's 10%, 20%, 30%. In my opinion, you should be willing to lose the whole thing, but that's, uh, but you know what? You may have families to feed. You may think you may actually be doing this as an investment, set it to where you are okay to lose without hurting yourself and be sure that you get out and you get out fast. Um... Then my favorite thing to tell everybody is uh, if you have any new people listening, uh, coming into the space, this is the time to really, truly welcome and educate people. Um, So, Sanity, what is your number one tip to tell people?
1: Well, I mean, I've even got, you know, relatives calling me, texting me like, are you still doing that Bitcoin thing or how do I get started? A lot of people are just asking how to get started. And there's a little bit of contention on there. Some people, the whole movement of delete Coinbase, oh, we don't need Coinbase. I'm sorry, it's a pretty easy on-ramp for people, and it walks them through it, gives them education, all that stuff. So the tip is, you know, here you can use your ref link. Yes, that's okay. You can be a little selfish because uh, you'll get $10 when they spend 100 But yeah, just give them an easy path that's going to be easier for them to understand and that's safer for them to not get hacked or scammed or anything like that teaching people about scams and what's going to happen the eth bots will be back fake vitalik buterin's going to offer you 10 ETH if you send him one all that's going to happen is just give people warnings of the the bad actors in the space and give them a safe place to start and dabble as they learn that's my biggest tip
0: uh Uh, am i supposed to give a tip now yeah (laughs) i've been given the same tip for a year and a half i mean daniel and i what daniel was saying i'm just going to reiterate is that we don't talk about price on here and my perspective is a lot different than a lot of people's perspective cuz i'm i'm an old adopter like i I've, I've been here for years and seen ups and downs and trends i have been able to teach myself not to look at a block i probably haven't you know i, I don't trade either so there's a different perspective there right i i understand holding i have traded i have stuff i have investment in exchanges whatever i'm all i'm all aboard you know but I definitely care about the, the non-crypto user. I don't like, and I'm, I'm guilty of it, of using the no-coiner word. I hate that word. Uh, and I'm, I'm guilty of using it back in the day. But um, I, I think it's it's like, it's like everyone also says like holding is adoption. But like, if we want to like teach new people, it, it would make sense to be like, hey, here's like this tiny bit of Bitcoin if you want to learn and I'll show you how it works. I love doing that. Um, yeah, like use, use, use is the main Word we have to get across to people if we want adoption, right? And I think right now consensus is going on. That's cool. A lot of a lot of positivity probably for the community. Uh, companies being able to show themselves off. I was joking. I don't. I don't want to say that that conference is the reason there's a bump, but maybe it is because it's a smaller world than you think.
2: The truth is, there is no reason that we can figure out for the bump. There's no. Everybody will say it's right. because of this. It's because we of always that. Say the that. truth it. is, there is zero reason that that you can peg for this bump and while i appreciate both of your number one advice i don't
0: think i gave a tip i think i was just generalizing i was about to give a tip well what is your tip my tip is and this goes to if you're looking on social media people to like pay attention to if you see a reference link in their profile ignore them immediately i'm sorry i am sorry i i don't i don't agree with it it's like i've seen okay here's what i say i've seen sites that says i love crypto reference link I love... Like, like if it's just a... Re- it, where's the... What's the sensibility in that? Is that person yeah, helping I ab- you? I absolutely agree. Okay, I agree. So just be careful. Do your research. Listen to podcasts. And I'd hate to say it, like ours. This is my number one tip. Listen to our podcast. Yeah, because we will listen help you. Listen to the coin Boys We we won't talk about price. Like, you want to know about the technology. You got to know about what you want to get invested in. So we're actually pretty friendly to... And open arms to new people. So. Yeah,
2: uh, absolutely. Uh, um it's all about education. Uh, if you're new here, you're going to have to learn a lot because unfortunately this is not just an easy get up and go situation that you just came into. It's, it's definitely a, you're going to have to do a lot of research, a whole lot of research, more than you ever thought you were going to have to do in your life. And probably more than you ever did in school, to be honest, especially if you're a doctor. Um, but you, you, you need to really sit down and get ready to change how you're thinking about money, how you're thinking about privacy how you're thinking about what a cent what centralization is what you think about what do you think about companies in general and and what and how much control you're willing to give them uh governments in general how much control you're willing to give them oh there's a lot of questions that you're going to ask yourself and there's two sides to every every uh token uh, uh and you know andy and i are on different sides in some cases but we're on the same sides in a lot of cases it's, we're going to figure it out as time goes on it's going to take like probably a Few decades. <laughs> not going to take. Not going to be overnight. It's going to be really. Uh, it's going to be a slow process. But this is going to be a process that ultimately is hopefully good for the future. We will see.
0: We will see, but what's interesting is our next topic relates a lot to also the topic of how to push adoption. I'll get to that, but uh, tell us about this Binance hack that everyone was shouting. I, I'm going to give this to our our Binance aficionado, <laughs> special <laughs> reporter uh, uh, Crypto Seven fanboy.
1: Yeah, so uh, apparently there was uh, just some stuff going on, on Twitter, and then everybody was like, "Hey, anybody having problems withdrawing any of your Bitcoin from Binance?" And they're like, "Oh, they said emergency maintenance, emergency maintenance." And everybody's like, "Okay, it happens." And uh, CZ, uh, the uh, the face of Binance, is, of course, on there. And he's always very prominent, which I respect. Uh, he just goes, hey, guys, we'll just let you know what's going on. Emergency maintenance. Uh, your funds are safe. Funds are safe, as the <laughs> the joke goes. Uh, so after everything cleared, uh, I, th- there was a lot of just heat getting thrown because it was crazy. It was, you know, $40 million got hacked from the world's largest crypto exchange, which is a big deal. So it's $40 million at that time. Now it's probably, like,
2: quite a little bit more. But that just shows you how vol- volatile this space is.
1: It's probably over $50 million now. <laughs> yes, I haven't done the percentage. But no, you're absolutely right on that. That's uh, huh, lucky hackers. Uh, the thing is, CZ was very open about it. He, you know, very... he he just wanted to be clear he's like we got hacked it was a very savvy one they waited they were very patient uh they learned how to you know get inside and of what they needed to they grabbed some api keys from people uh they grabbed 2fa information from people which let me just stop right now if you guys use binance you need to go on it right now right now and if you haven't you need to change your 2fa and if you have any apis linked you need to refresh those and link new apis just for the fact they might might have access to that uh, otherwise, I just thought it was it was crazy, uh, and he says he can replenish it. He has a actual slush fund to replenish hacked funds, uh, but it just shows you that nothing is
0: unhackable. Yeah, and I I have a really strong. I got I don't. We have a group. The Satoshi Droppers shout out, and um, I I got really I don't really like to get into it as much as I used to but this was really important to me but it was a rant yeah it was a rant that I had talked about maybe a year earlier and I said hey guys just be careful of the amount of money or crypto you keep on exchanges you could trade keep be in and out of Bitcoin all day but don't leave like three Bitcoin on on a Binance exchange even though it might be the most popular because you do not own your keys it is not decentralized it is centralized through Binance also Hate to say it, but BNB is a centralized crypto that is built through that system. I love it. Okay. Yes, which is fine, and it's useful. What you? I thought when I first got on Binance, it was really just a discount. It is. It's a discount it's a on deb- the f- on the trading fees, and which that is started
1: fair. as, but it's now because they've gained gained value. It's gained insane value, and yeah.
0: But I said that there's likelihood that that Binance will probably get hacked one day, and here we are. But obviously, they've become so big. Who knows what would happen earlier if they got hacked? So maybe it actually helped them to grow as a company and now they get hacked. They did some things, but still, still, you're dealing with money here. A big exchange you thought you could rely on has been hacked. But my big thought is for the real non-crypto people. How does this affect them? It's bad for our look. Because they see the headlines, and they don't understand crypto, but if they, they're going to come up to you and say, hey, I heard, didn't it just, like, something get hacked for $42 million? Yeah, people are like, oh, I heard Bitcoin got hacked. And you're
1: like, that is, no, that's impossible.
0: But, like, so my, I was arguing with strong crypto minds that, that uh, it just doesn't help us, even though the, everyone's like, yeah, but, you know, they're going to fix it and blah, blah, blah. But I was like, the perception on the outside is what I care about most. And I just wish we could, like, not hack... I don't want Binance to get hacked. Now the biggest exchange, most popular, got hacked. 42 mil. So this is this is what basically happens. Good or bad, uh,
2: in, in terms of this hack and, and what it looks like for, for Bitcoin and what it looks like for crypto, uh, good or bad, this thing... Uh, already is uh, you're already getting public judgment much like if you hear a bad story about a celebrity true or false that false thing is still in your head and you're like oh didn't that person just you know uh do something real bad or didn't that person get caught with like eight tons of cocaine in his butt or something there's th- so many different things <laughs> that, can, that, that once somebody says something about something it's just already already out there and the correction actually takes a lot longer the the cleanup takes a lot longer to actually go through than anything else if it ever actually fully cleans up. It's like an oil spill. You know, it's you can't fully clean it up. You're just screwed. Uh, so basically what what you um I, I just want to say that Binance handled it very, very well. The difference between this hack and all the other hacks like uh that you've that you've heard from um from like Cryptopia and CoinCheck. Coincheck in and Japan. And from which one? From Crypt- uh,
0: yeah, Cryptopia for sure. Who? Yeah, yeah. But okay. no, the uh, from Canada,
2: the one that just Canada just happened out. Oh yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. Uh, I, a Quadriga. Yeah, quadriga quadriga. I mean, those Ugh, they got screwed. Real, if you Th- think that, about that, these are all happening not at, too far apart. And these all, all these people got screwed because the the
2: exchange wasn't a good exchange. This does attest to Binance's uh, um, policies and and the way they they that they run their business because everybody's funds you still have access to it they know exactly how much you had they know ever and that's a great thing about the blockchain is that it's there the record is there and you can tell exactly what's going on and the the good thing about blockchain is they know where the wallets are they know who's uh whose wallets they or they know where they went to they were know where all these funds went to and are possibly able to freeze it and get some some stuff back we, i mean i'm just amazed as to how they handled it they uh, i feel safe with binance but obviously Like Andy said, you should never, ever, ever keep a large amount of your stuff on there. You want to just keep the stuff that you want to trade immediately or
0: just take it all off. You you buy it and you get it all off the exchange immediately. And not to name names, I remember when people would say to me, oh, you're going to kill me. I have this much on Binance. I'm like, whoa, man, get that the hell off there. Are you crazy? I'm not going to kill you. I'm going to watch it go Uh, broke. Yeah. (laughs) Like, get that out of here. Like, and I, listen, one of the safest parts of crypto is cold storage. So there is a way to know that you you got your stuff safe. There's a way to offline the stuff. Can you can you take BNB off of the exchange and put
2: yeah,
1: it to so a you can wallet? Yes, put on store? A Ledger now. So yeah, you can. Yeah, Ledger the they integrated the new Binance chain on the on the Ledger. So you so. can
0: safely move BNB if you want. In case, but I, you know, what happens to your, that's, that's, and I'm not saying this is going to happen, but if Binance somehow disappeared, your BNB disappears with it. Yeah, that's Because it's a centralized crypto inside of cryptocurrency. Well,
1: the, well, it does have a use case that they can use it for payment systems and stuff like that. There's a lot of payment systems that have integrated with BNB, so it'll have that use, but people probably couldn't spend it fast enough if for some reason
0: the Goliath goes down. All right, cool. Well, now I feel better because I've been wanting to talk about that for a while. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Anyway, for at least a week. For at least a week. Uh, so, what's this on hackable news? Uh, Speaking of things that aren't hackable. Yeah.
1: <laughs>
2: well, so so there's a, uh, the University of Michigan has a has done a test. Um, they're basically in the process of trying to create an unhackable um, an unhackable processor. Now, the idea behind it is that it it just uses a lot of encryption, and that so they're calling it Morpheus. The, there's a special accelerator called Ad- Morpheus. And so how does it work? Ad- Morpheus works by detecting code ex- uh, by detecting code executed by the primary processor, encrypting the code and then shuffling the code. After encryption, Morpheus shuffles the encrypted code 20 times a second, allowing only 50 milliseconds before the code is shuffled is reshuffled. It's a lot of shuffling of code basically is what is coming down to. Um now supposedly it's there's a little bit of a delay within the processor which makes it somewhat a little bit slower but I feel like in the ar- well in the article they kind of ex- explained that even though it's a little slower you one you won't really feel it and two it's far better than than having your processor exposed. Okay. Now the idea is not so much for your pro- for your computer processors even though that is one of the one of the uh-huh. things it's because in the future there's a lot in of things the in the
0: future. <laughs> I love talking about the future. Yeah,
2: in the, but the very near future, like <laughs> next year, there's going to be a lot of things with a processor in it that can get hacked. So if your desktop gets hacked, that sucks. Uh you have to re you have to go through your shit again. But the um but if your car gets hacked, if while you're driving it, if your uh if any of your other stuff that has some sort of computer processor on there gets hacked, it could be a life or death situation. Um, which is which is why they need something like this to happen. We also need it for for cryptocurrency purposes because uh, you know we're trying to f- beat quantum computers because the second quantum computers get out, that's when Bitcoin is at risk.
0: Sir. or they say I mean is that all hypothetical still? That's all hypothetical. Well, we're building passwords
1: that our current computers cannot solve within right. you know x number of th- hundreds of thousands of years even, or that the human brain can't really conceive as much. But quantum computing could re- literally just have us re like. Just erase the drawing board and just great. start over.
0: I wonder what the internet speed for gaming will be like. That'll be great. Did we think about fast. The, did you, yeah. <laughs> did we think about the positives of quantum computing? I mean, damn, gaming's going to be great, No, you'll smooth, never have lag. No lag. Yeah. I mean, that's a positive. Well, you know that. As soon as you get quantum computing, you'll get quantum computing games that'll just still be laggy. Also, I just want to say the whole unhackable, like, saying that, attaching that, is like when you go to a pizza place in Utah that says best pizza in the world right nothing is unhackable i think like i i feel like no. they shouldn't say this is unhackable they should say this has a chance to never be hacked. But it could be one day. We never know. Well, I'll t-
1: another thing, <laughs> another thing, is, um, <clears throat> saying it's unhackable is—it's an advertisement. I mean, John McAfee did that. He's like, "This wallet is unhackable." It's I total. invite all these hackers here, and guess what? Someone went and then hacked it. And they're like, "You lied." And he goes, "No, I promoted it. I said that to get you all interested." And look what I did. Right. I mean, he, he's honest about it. He knew that was just advertisement. So unhackable—it's like a great neon sign, but doesn't mean I believe it.
0: Right. Uh, and uh, let's, uh, we got a cu- one more, a couple of quick gaming uh, topics here we want to get through because we know we have a, a, in de- a really good in depth interview to throw to, and Daniel's going to get all that info ready for us to throw to. Uh, but why don't you kick off this loot box news? And we need to talk about this a little bit.
1: Yeah, so there was a uh, Republican of Missouri, Josh Howley, who uh, has proposed a bill to ban all microtransactions and loot boxes. Not only from kid-focused games, but essentially from any any games coming up at all, because one of them is uh, he. It's it's kind of an overthrow of everything that he's doing. It's basically saying, right. even as a responsible adult, if you wanted to pay something, uh, if I wanted the new outfit in Fortnite, that's illegal because he's saying it preys on children and it preys on our addictive personalities. Uh, which I, again, I'm I'm saying advertising can focus on those groups because that is money-making groups, but I don't think it's. I wouldn't consider them preying on anything. People have addictive personalities. Whether they spend it on Candy Crush or they go do it in you know retail shopping, it's you know it's kind of similar.
0: Yeah, actually, my argument is I blame the parents right now because the parents are in control of their children. And me being a gamer, I was around a time where I had to you know I had to ask my mom for some money for something. You know, uh, <laughs> but uh, but I'm blaming the parents right now because you got to control your kid taking your card, you got to figure out how to how to pace them out with their Fortnite skins. You know, maybe it's a present, you come in and you buy it, but I know that kids are also stealing probably from their parents, like... Taking their credit cards out of the wallets. Who knows? That, no, that's
1: true. But the safeguards are there. Uh, the Xbox and the PlayStation, you can lock it down with parental think, mode. Uh, the phones, tablets, you can lock those down so purchases have to be authorized with a. a, a more I think
0: the parents don't know to pathway. do that stuff. I like you got to be right. smart. Like he's more savvy uh, than the adults are right, right. now. Right. But. Yeah. <laughs> So I think, listen, I I used to have loot boxes, and I I remember I kept getting them, and I'm like, man, what am I going to do with all this stuff? I got to stop this. So <laughs> I canceled the subscription. But that's the thing: is you have every right to cancel at any time. There's no contract. It's yeah. a month-to-month basis. You get charged, or you do you do a subscription, but you can cancel it at any time with no 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 fees.
1: Yeah, I mean, even some of these like season passes that you can get every occurring, you can cancel those too. It's just it's it's responsibility of the parents teaching the kids. Uh, just how that you know you've got to actually use money for responsible things and use it you know yeah responsible pacings
2: i'm gonna play the devil's advocate advocate for the first time ever oh, andy my God. <laughs> uh here's why we need the these these people to be regulated and the truth is there is too much now that i have a daughter there is way too much for us to have to pay attention to. We also have to work, we also have to go on with our daily lives. We need to have some sort of trust somewhere. We we need to have some sort of trust with, with, with somebody somewhere. But gaming's somewhere life, game life. Listen, I would love my daughter to Just get into kidding. gaming. I would love for her to get into gaming and I want her to get into gaming, but I, if I have to constantly be on top of her for every single game and all that stuff, she's never gonna play and that's the truth. I, I can't be there. My daughter just she's one in, she's almost gonna be two. She'll be two in one month. She already knows how to change videos and skip ads on YouTube. It's That's insane. Crazy. It's on. What she, is going on She can do it on an iPad. But here's the thing. So I was watching her do it just because I was very curious as to what was going to happen. Within five videos, and it went from Sesame Street. And you know how they always have suggested videos that I have no control over. I can't. I can't control which videos they are suggested on YouTube. Uh, it went she, within five videos. She went from some sort of uh, from a Sesame Street song to some sort of Russian kind of weird. Like they were trying to teach colors, but definitely the wrong color. Definitely, that was like there was a lot of weird things going on. I don't know, have no clue what they were saying. I don't know what my daughter is learning, but I was there, so I was able to obviously stop it because I was there watching her. I was just very curious as to what was going to happen. But there are other parents who weren't like me, who didn't ha- who gave their their child the iPad to learn to to hopefully learn and to 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 educate themselves, but then suddenly they're in some sort of weird kind of. Dark part of YouTube or dark part of the internet altogether that that I have no control over. And on top of that, these games that these loot boxes—they're calling them loot boxes. They're calling them. Oh, you you can buy gems. You can get gems. Like they don't think they're spending money. It's the same thing that casinos do with chips and credits. You don't think you're spending money because they don't call it money. They call it gems. They call it gold. They call it uh, uh crystals. There's there's so many things that they do to trick these children, and adults, for God's sakes. I mean, if adults are getting tricked, sure as hell children are going to get tricked. We need somebody to regulate it. We need somebody to stop it. And that's why, as much as, uh, you know, uh, and especially in crypto, a lot of people are anti-government. Uh, and I am to an extent, but not really. I, I feel like the government, if used properly, could actually do some good stuff and make everybody happy, it, uh, as, as much I mean, more so than now. But, but we do need regulation because there's way too much that is expected of everybody on every single day to 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 have to watch every single thing there needs to be some sort of trust somewhere so the All question right. the question becomes
0: where so you don't like loot boxes
1: i have to add the one thing there that i liked about this ban is that it also included pay to win models sure where it's like yeah that's it i, I want to play this game oh it seems fun i can only I, you know i got pay-to-win a full-time job i got a kid you know so i can't go in and like grind all this time so yeah some people want to pay to get an advancement but if i can't spend all this time and i don't want to spend all this money and some guy can drop literally a few thousand dollars and just wreck everybody that makes the game unplayable pay the company and that's what they care about
0: as a huge nerd i have no problem Problem if they do regulate this kind of stuff because I really like kind of like I'm like I stopped doing it because I don't want to do it anymore. So I kind of understand yeah. both sides and I'm not a parent blaming parents. So well, I mean, and I was on your your I was part, on, bo- I was on board like
2: a couple of years ago with you. I was it's like, part. come on, don't be stupid parents. And then I'm a parent. I'm like, oh, but sh-.
0: still, I mean, you still can say, well,
2: there's a better solution in my opinion. I think banning them is wrong. I think you should opt in to wanting to buy it like, okay so the, like i'm playing uh marvel strike force right now which by the way if any of you are on there uh join my team i want to do some raids with you anyways i'm playing marvel strike force and i sh- i shit you not every time i go to a different campaign to a different battle to a different mission every single time there are four advertisements to buy something four and they're not easy to just click off and it's in your face you can't do anything else and sometimes you accidentally click on it just trying to get to the next damn thing it's freaking annoying so obviously I, I i expect that from this game now but if there's a way to like click us click a switch saying yes i would like to buy more things or click a click a switch to say no don't don't offer this because my child is playing they can't buy anything uh jack black complained uh, before he started doing this, there's a there's a famous Jack Black YouTube thing. and Maybe uh, if I can find it, I'd like to share it. Where his son spent two grand, not knowing he spent two grand on one of the one of his mobile apps, one of his mobile games. Um, it's ridiculous. The amount of money that that you can spend on these games is is awful. This is the one thing I hate about gaming today, and I will forever hate about gaming today. Now, what I like about when blockchain, when where blockchain is coming in, is you know what? You can actually start possibly making some of those funds back you can actually get get your money's worth and then some it becomes more like baseball cards and comic books uh, as well as video games that's a beautiful combination thank you blockchain but uh we're we're not there yet with all the games implementing this 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 thing so i would and i'm all for I, i collected magic the gathering cards you know that's a physical thing that i used to collect i collected comic books that's all stuff that i had to go out and buy Buy, 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 continue to buy, continue to buy. But that was something I had to make an effort to do. And trust
0: me, if your game is good, we will make that effort. All right, well. uh, I think I just want to shout out Discord for making it over 250 users in the last four years. Which, uh, yes, is... I think a lot of people are confused about it and people don't know about it. But it's a very it was built as an audio communication, you know, way of communicating with PC gamers, but it's kind of turned into like more than that, you could do video calls, you can make groups, there's Discord mm-hmm. like in crypto, some cryptos use Discord, some use Telegram.
1: Yeah. Um They almost use it as a Slack channel too, because sure. you, you can essentially have private but channels for your coworkers and leave assets there and stuff.
0: They now sell uh, video games on their store. So they do have a store now. Oh, yeah, I did see that. They were doing yeah. some free away. So they're trying they're to get yeah, in that market. They're trying to go steamish. Yeah. But Steam, I believe, went over a billion users for the first time or something crazy. Uh, so I'm surprised that hadn't happened already, honestly. <laughs> yeah. Or it might be like 2 billion. I forgot what that was. But uh, anyway. We are, if you've noticed, we've been doing a lot of gaming centric, in depth interviews. And uh, we're kind of leading up to E3, which is coming up. So it's perfect season for all these gaming centric episodes. So excited. Yes. So we're happy to throw to a very good, really exciting interview we did with. Daniel's going to. We exp- did
2: with Cyril and Chris from Horde. Uh, I had reached out to them um, because they're the ones who did Plasma Dog. And I had reached out to them because. That's great. That's the, that's a first on blockchain. Just proof of concept. The, the Plasma Dog is fun, and they will even admit. You know, there's only so much that they could do with it, but it was just to prove that it can be done. Yes. And and you'll hear more of that in the interview. Uh, but they're great guys. Uh, really fun. We learned a lot from them. Um, in fact, a lot of these upcoming interviews that you hear, like we were surprised as to their
0: background and stuff like that. So uh, let's give it up and let's throw to our interview with Horde.
3: We had a few different founders. Um when the company picked up, one of them was uh, Martin Amore, and he had come from the gaming background. He had uh, been the lead developer on Anarchy Online, which was like one of the yeah, which was one of the first MMOs to like really start providing players with any sort of like in game assets, started seeing how players were behaving when they started receiving items in their games. Um, at the same time, he had been introduced to a couple of people in the blockchain community who had encouraged him to take a look at how blockchain could augment things. This was probably about two or three years ago. Um, and from that, a conversation sort of unfolded that turned into the company. and uh, Cyril might know a little bit more about how a lot of the original team members had also come on board.
4: Um, yes. So basically, we were introduced to Martin, Martin uh, one and a half year ago, and the talk started then. And first one was uh, that was introduced into the uh, into our company was uh, um, Swavek Bubel mouth uh, and he's uh, he was then my director of the uh, of the gaming uh, development um, in Qlog, um, in a company that was focused basically on porting. But I knew this guy from years before and even from different companies. Um, we, because we've met earlier, um, so he introduced me, and then we started to gather, uh to bundle other people, basically people that we like working with.
2: In in regards to Horde, what came what came first? Uh, was it a gaming uh, company, or did it or a blockchain or a blockchain company, or which, which one was which one did you guys think of first?
3: Um, it they really they really came together at the same time. Like uh, one co-founder came exclusively. I mean, he he was a gamer as well, but he came from an active role in the blockchain space. So he had been part of uh, a number of different projects that are now pretty fundamental to the Ethereum community. Um, and then Martin had come from the gaming side of things without much background in block, or yeah, without much background in blockchain. Uh, but really, what united them in terms of like having the conversation that turned into Horde was a vision that when players are playing the games, they're creating real economic value, and that's totally uncaptured um, and maybe even somewhat a little bit unfair or uh, not to say like criminal. That might be a little bit of an exaggeration, but it, it certainly seems like this massive potential, this entire virtual economy that's existing uh, that really doesn't get tapped into in a real way. And so the conversation sort of unfolded, talking about like what would happen if somebody were playing their game and they raided the village one evening And then the next morning they were able to take the loot from the game and go ahead and buy themselves a cup of coffee at Starbucks or even in like a bigger sense, what would happen if somebody could go ahead and collateralize the items from their game to take out a loan uh, for a mortgage on their home or something like that.
2: Which seems like a huge dream (laughs) to basically do, Um, which would be an interest, which is an interesting leap in in thought Um, because we've, we've talked to others and uh, others that are, that are, in the in the blockchain gaming area, and the one thing that they all kind of bring up is this non-ownership and of of their own assets within the game, and and all the restrictions that the big that the games that gaming has right now on people who buy a skin, they can't trade the skin, they can't do anything else. It's not even technically theirs; it's just on their account. And should something happen, they can get banned, and there's a whole lot of whole lot of nonsense with that. So that's really cool that you guys are trying to give everybody a a feel for um you know give everybody you know. A life from the, from all this hard work that they're doing within the
0: game. Well, I think uh, also just uh, just from doing the podcast over the last few years, uh, well, few years, a year or more, like a year and a half now. Uh, we started early in kind of discovering these like blockchain-centric video games, and I think the theme that I'm seeing now is this ownership real the real estate digital real estate in games too, um, which um, is really interesting to me as well. Aside from just trading um items and so forth so it's all really interesting to me that these you know things like what you guys are doing is happening in this crypto space there's like so much utility happening proof of utility and what you guys are doing so i guess what i want to get into is like let's talk about plasma dog which is a game that we actually played um and i actually did a short video on it on our twitter uh we uh we definitely talked about it because uh, we like to talk about ch- those games, and I think Daniel just randomly found it, right, Daniel? Yes, it was on the, So you guys have a game called Plasma Dog, and it's under the Omise
2: Go blockchain. So uh, does either one of you? Why Why was Omise Go specifically chosen versus the Ethereum blockchain?
3: Cyril uh, so might be able to talk a little bit more about this, but essentially, like the for Plasmadog, it was just a proof of concept. Um, For our software development kit which could actually work with ethereum or plasma just fine Um, yeah but the interesting thing about plasma is that it can just have a high transaction throughput so in terms of showing anything off it's pretty novel like that's that's new like cutting edge um development and uh just to like describe a bit of the gameplay for the players um it's a 2d platformer so as plasma dogs traversing blockchain world uh the character is able to go ahead and collect different tokens along the way and those are instantly deposited into the player's wallet. So, from like a backend point of view, Plasma is just really good for high transaction throughput at a low cost, and it also provides the same scalability as the chain that's rooted to, and in this case we currently have it rooted to Ethereum's testnet rinkby. Uh, so it was just, yeah, so it was a nice uh, trade-off all around to like be able to still have the security of Ethereum with the high transaction throughput. Um, Omise Go, we've partnered with them simply because they founded uh, Plasma as a research project. Um, so we feel confident in the work that they're doing and what we're able to contribute to it.
2: Yeah, it's got a pretty good team. Uh, Cyril, in making Plasma Dog, oh, what interesting discoveries did you, did you have, or, or what, what did you find out in terms of, uh, compared to regular gaming, how, how working with a blockchain has either been uh, surprisingly uh, great or, or surprisingly difficult?
4: um okay so the thing that is uh really difficult uh even now it's basically the the user experience that the gamer gets uh, uh, when he tries to play anything on the blockchain and this really is because all his credentials on her, or, or are on his computer device uh so basically what is uh the the most problematic is that the the fact that because of the true ownership and because of the fact that really you are the owner and you want to be super duper secure, uh, everything needs to be stored on your device uh, this creates some potential problems like uh, if you want to play the same game on different device and you still want to be authenticated as you, you have to um, have a way somehow to prove to the uh, to the blockchain that you are you and this is based on of course all the cr- cryptography the private key that you need to be to, that needs to be stored somewhere and basically uh, gamers are uh, familiar with the concept of player login which is a centralized solution now in order to not have this centralized solution because we want to go all decentralized he needs to let's say remember the private key which is of course uh, not a thing that no, uh, yeah, <laughs> every uh, person can do. Uh, so we have to think up different, uh, different versions. Now, in PlasmaDoc, this is, um, this is done in the, the cheapest way, basically because the private key is being generated on the fly and is being stored somewhere in the browser cache. Uh, now, this is all because it's the proof of concept, and we in Horde are trying to develop a different ways in order to do this securely, but also easy for the player um so, so 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 this is the the part that is getting really difficult and is giving us a lot of headache
0: and that's been a I major can imagine, yeah. i think i think it's a major issue in general adoption of crypto where it's so hard to explain how the keys work and I think this is something Daniel and I have talked recurringly about that issue and that that is a even today is still going on yes I
4: I would say that there there are some solutions like for example Universal Logins or Argent and they are making uh, Argent I don't know how it's spelled really Uh, and they are making things great but they all need to deploy a special contract on the blockchain for every player and now, because we are working uh, on plasma, plasma is not really the solution to do all of that. And there are another problems, right? So,
2: what were you happy that succeeded with Plasma Dog? Because it was again proof of concept. But what were you, what were you happy to to show proof of?
4: Basically, that we can have a gameplay that is like uh, real time, and it's still on the blockchain because that is kind of impossible thing now on Ethereum when you have a block time of fifteen seconds uh while on plasma you can really have like 4000 transactions per second uh being done on the fly now there is it's still not really 4000 transactions per second because if you want to get a uh, proof that everything is okay you still have to wait let's say 15 seconds for the uh for the stuff to be recorded uh on ethereum uh, but still, you can do additional stuff. So uh, the uh, things we had to, to do in Plasma was basically some caching mechanisms and things like um, assuming that the transaction went correct. The last transaction, we can make another transaction. And this really makes uh, a lot of difficulties. But uh, hey, we did it. And the Plasma doc is up and running.
0: Yeah, yeah. I played it. That's cool. <laughs> it was fun. Yeah.
2: I mean, it's a cute little game. What's the dog's name again? Does it have a name? Plasma.
0: Plasma. It's just Plasma Dog. I'm calling Plasma. plasma. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so question for you. I know you had the jumping moves, but Plasma doesn't like Spitfire or anything, right? Because I was trying to press the Spitfire <laughs> button, and there was no Spitfire button.
2: He kept on trying. to goes, "Does he throw weapons?" You <laughs> kept on asking questions, but I was like, "I think it's just it's a just a normal gamer to to, to, you know, to, reaction. to show the proof that it can be done." Yes. So yes. I, I don't know. Do you guys are you guys planning on doing anything further with Plasma Dog, or is that kind of where it's at?
0: It's a cute dog, by the way. I'm, there's no
2: doubt.
4: Uh, to be honest, the the first uh, iteration was basically to create a very short demo for the DEFCON, uh, but now it seems that we will stick with PlasmaDog for longer because we want to integrate some uh, we want to show the interoperability between games, so we really would like to show that there are different uh, levels or modes or maybe characters that will be unlocked when you play additional games.
3: Uh, yeah, well, we've really kind of turned PlasmaDog into, in some ways, is like a sandbox for all of the major releases that Horde is going to have is uh, Plasma Dog will sort of grow with Horde as, as uh, our community grows and as we reach out to different projects and collaborate. So, for example, we had uh, ETH Denver just uh, maybe last month, and they've got a mascot, which is the Buffacorn. So, for people who attended ETH Denver, they were able to play Plasma Dog exclusively with the Buffacorn, which was like a cool little experiment for them to be able to. With
2: that character, that's what, and for you to make special special things like that. How um how much time how 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 ahead of time did you have to make that decision in order to create that and make it happen, or was it a simple simple thing that you can do a special character just for Denver?
4: <laughs> um, so, uh, in order of uh, work time, uh, it wasn't a lot. Maybe uh, so. Creating a new additional character was really just a few clicks. Let's say we have uh, okay. 2D artist uh, on our, on board, so so he made it really uh, fancy looking uh, in short time. Mm, what we had to do was to think up the integration really for how to unlock the character based on our out for the out some Buffy dice or Buffy coins, and we had to work closely with the Eat Dender team.
0: I guess, I just think that implementing um, this technology into a game right now, as as subtle as it is with Plasma Dog, is actually a cool step forward, guys, so I really appreciate that. And Daniel found it, so I really appreciate that. Um, we um, we want to move on to your other game. But uh, before but we, we do that... But before we do that, uh, we want to kind of bring up a topic uh, and I think I mentioned kind of off the show with you guys we're talking about the difficulties of of big games being able to work on the blockchain like like Assassin's Creed you know these games that that you know mainstream gamers know of but we always hear this like but these can't go on the blockchain and I thought uh, Cyril this would be a really cool question for you I know on a technical level maybe Chris you can hit it on like a social level
4: okay so, I don't really think that it is the problem with AAA games uh, that they cannot work uh, even currently or in current state on blockchain. Uh, The thing is what we do want to put on blockchain, because blockchain is not for everything. Uh, Some people are trying to put the whole game on blockchain with the logic, for example, so the logic is decentralized. Uh, So, yeah, we still have to wait for that, uh, mainly because of the scalability. Now we can put some, so, but we can put on the blockchain additional things like, for example, the information about the ownership. So that you have the true ownership. Uh, you can put there some additional stuff like I don't know achievements or some information that you cannot tamper with. And this is already a big win. Now in terms of the uh, now in terms of, for example, uh, multiplayer and uh, uh, making people not cheat. Well, it's uh, and again. This really depends on how much functionality is put on blockchain and how much is put somewhere else. Uh, because uh, people are, are, I know that people, especially on PCs, they are trying to hack and crack their games in order to achieve some additional stuff and they want to uh, mislead the, the, the game servers. Uh, so some stuff that, is <clears throat> that will be, put, the parts of logic that will be put on the blockchain they will be secure. Now, you cannot put everything, so you have to do some trade-offs. And now the creating of uh, gameplay is, and the, the decision of how to to, to put the, the different stuff uh, is really up to the developer. And still, not everything needs to be put on the blockchain on, in order to make the game uh, cool, playable, yet secure.
2: That's a, that, that's, that's a good answer. That's a wonderful answer, because we... Uh, all the other people that we've been asking this question to, it's kind of like, well, it's just not not ready or or, or everything will soon be on there. And I'm, and I'm just thinking to myself, it doesn't make sense for every every game to be or every style of game, at least every genre of a game to, to be on the blockchain, uh, but probably
0: pieces will. Yeah. And Chris, I guess I, I have a question for you. How as a community manager, you probably have to explain what your project is to people that don't know about cryptocurrency and then might be gamers, do you have a way of kind of introducing people to it on a social level?
3: Uh, I mean, I think storytelling is the best way. So like the uh, example that we were talking about just a little bit ago, in terms of like being able to play a game one night, winning some tokens in that game, and then going to be able to spend them at a local coffee shop. I think that instantly like unlocks just the first step in understanding what the idea is all about. Um, And then people can kind of like build on top of it from there. And uh, it totally depends also on uh, what level of understanding they have of blockchain.
0: Yeah, it's on the person, really, because, you know, we've interviewed people that I I went to E3 last year. We did a string of interviews where I literally was just putting mics in people's faces and saying, have you heard of cryptocurrency? And you'll be surprised. Most of them didn't. Um, (laughs) So who are you meeting out uh, when you go out to these conventions? Who are you
2: speaking to mostly or who has the most questions? People who are from the blockchain community or people who are who are into gaming? Like what what kind of reactions do you get from just from just the gamers who are not into blockchain and from the blockchain uh, fans?
3: They'll light up or like be very very excited. Like it, it, it makes a lot of sense very very quickly um, And people start having questions or actually more than even having questions People start throwing out their own ideas in terms of being really creative for like different Opportunities that that would unlock I think a big one for people is that they can go ahead and start renting their items out to other players and earn passive income, right? Like Right now, we're all together on this podcast talking. And so maybe we're not using any of the items in our games while those are on hold. So instead, for like this one hour that we've set aside to talk with each other, we could just go ahead and rent our items out and earn passive income. Uh, so people start thinking about those ideas very, very quickly. And I think that's pretty characteristic of gamers in general. Like one of the things that you'll see about some of the most interesting content that ends up coming out of gaming, especially like multiplayer games is that players create their own institutions on their own without like, the developer's input at all. Like The developer totally didn't think that players were going to play the game in some way. The players come together and they create some sort of like banking institution or guilds, whatever it might be. And the developer never planned for that. And I think, I think that's what we're going to see when blockchain, like when true ownership gets injected into games, you're going to start seeing players coming up with more novel ways to play with each other using smart contracts and true ownership and staking their items in interesting ways and uh, it'll totally unlock like a whole new level of gameplay that starts interacting with the real world and then comes back to the video game and uh I, yeah that it, it, it's totally a rabbit hole from there. Yeah.
0: yeah and I think I think as you meet a gamer that might not have heard of crypto it's easy to explain digital currency with the items that most gamers know in game items. My first experience, you know, was like with like Diablo and stuff like that and uh, I know all about item trading, uh, so uh, what, what I really a like, comfort there, yeah. I think. What I really like is is the the idea of being able to rent
2: out your assets, just being able to rent. You still own it. You rent it out for a little bit of money and making that passive income, which is which is awesome. Because, I mean, I grew up in the time. When we all. I'm pretty sure everybody here. Well, I don't know. <laughs> at least me and Andy grew up in a time when you could go out and rent movies for a, a day or two. Wait, do you mean Blockbuster? That oh. thing. It was on the thing from Captain Marvel.
0: What is that? Um,
2: so you're able to go rent movies for a day and bring them back and all that stuff, which I thought was a fun concept. Which now with the new ways that are set up, yeah, it's, it it is cheaper. But like, I have to wait, and 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 it's and if it's not in there in their catalog, like on Netflix, if it's not in their catalog right away, I have to wait till Netflix gets it or whatever. So so being able to rent to me it seems like a fun fun way to to increase uh, my fun with uh with with my game. And it's also a, a great could potentially be a whole business economy right there for, you know, small people who to, to collect and rent out and stuff like that. It's it's mind boggling to me and awesome for the future.
0: The, the digital wave is strong on both ends with gaming and uh, crypto. Would you guys agree? I mean, you probably do since your company is <laughs> in this. That's a, a silly question. But, um, let, you know, let's move on because there is something cool that you guys have coming soon. And it's my memory of us. Uh, do you guys want to talk about this and tell us a little bit about this game? We'd love to hear about it.
3: Yeah, definitely. Um, so My Memory of Us is a game that launched in October, just this last year in 2018. And uh, it was originally published on Steam, Xbox, PlayStation 4, and uh, the Nintendo Switch. So it's a puzzle game, um, which, uh, yeah, it has like a collectible theme throughout the game. So as the players going through, they're collecting pieces of artwork. Um, so we partnered with them. We opened up a private alpha program for developers to join and start integrating with Horde before the SDK became public. I think we opened that up in November. So shortly after they launched the game, we started working with them and, uh, integrating in private along with a handful of other games. And so My Memory of Us is the first game to come out of our private alpha program.
2: Yeah, I saw the the preview for the gameplay. It was really fun. And I was... I was expecting something different for some reason, cause but then I started hearing Patrick Stewart's voice on the on the thing. I'm like, wait a second, this is like a legitimate thing. Hold on a second, this isn't. Uh, so, so zero on, on your end. Do you do you have to figure like? Do you teach the these developers who are who are outside of who are outside of Horde how to reconnect your game, or do you help them, or um, how how do you interact with the with the developer developers that are not?
0: Or the implementation of the game to the blockchain. Um, Okay, Uh, so
4: basically uh, um, My member of us is the first game in our alpha program. So we wanted to... the alpha program was created mainly for us. Uh, to b- create better SDK and better tools and better documentation for the upcoming uh, game developers for the studios that when they will would like to uh, partner with us, they will get the things uh, ready and in a very convenient way. Uh, so this is the first iteration, and we're working with the developers, but most the the, the bulk of the head is made uh, on our side. Uh, I mean the, the bulk of the work. so um, So we are integrating the SDK in order to know how to do this properly in a game. And uh, we are also uh, teaching them uh, how to use it. So when we made the first iteration, we said we are sending game to the developer and they are then uh, testing all our features and how to set up the test net and um, so they can work with it. But basically, this is because of... The Alpha program is really created for us to create better tools, better SDK, and better documentation.
2: For Horde, are you guys going to start to develop your own games specifically, or are you guys more encouraging of other independent developers to come in, or is there really a difference between, in your mind, between the two and to how uh, Horde goes forward in the future?
4: Um. So... Um we would like to, of course, uh, we are gamers, we are game developers, and our dream is about making a game. So it would be awesome if we could make game, especially that this might be the easiest way to show interoperability between assets in different games. Uh, but uh, still, we are more focused on bringing uh, additional people uh, to the blockchain, showing the game studios and game developers uh, the benefits of joining the blockchain world and uh, so, so this is our priority but if it would be possible in any way we, uh, yes we would like to make our own game
0: I think I was, we all want to make our everybody game. wants to join but us. that's we, cool um, and I'm really appreciate you guys and what you're doing and um, I guess I learned from you through plasma dog and uh, I just wanted to ask I guess uh, a final question here is uh, and any of you guys could tackle this, is just what's, the, what's the, the near future have for you guys? What is your future looking like?
3: In the short term, we'll be releasing My Memory of Us pretty quickly here. Um, and that'll be followed with a public release of our software development kit for Unity. Later this year, we'll have the software development kit also available for Unreal. Um, and then we're going to have a focus on putting out a decentralized exchange towards the end of this year. The whole point of the software development kit, from like, from a Horde business perspective, uh, it's going to be free and open source. So anyone's free to go ahead and use it. They don't actually need to work with us. Of course, we're happy to work with anyone who wants to use it. Um, that's beneficial for us, beneficial for them. Um, but really, that software development kit is out there to start tokenizing different games, like allowing different assets to emerge, uh, true ownership to evolve in whatever way it's going to. And then the decentralized exchange will pop up towards the end of the year so that way players can start engaging with each other in sort of these economic ways that we've been talking about, like being able to rent items to each other or even just you know simple buy and sell orders. Uh, yeah, we'll probably end up releasing our target is to do about one game per quarter in terms of release. Um, so, yeah, that's that's what's going on this year.
0: Well, I dude, I can't tell you how awesome it's been of late to so gaming centric just one after the other and really digging into like learning more about blockchain and gaming yeah. what these guys are doing uh, so, and for those people who have been with us for a long time
2: thank you so much and and we're not trying to alienate you we're actually trying to guide you a little bit because i i'm not a gamer i'm not uh these two gentlemen right here with me are very much gamers and but it's important to stay f- to to look at it because the, the the major progress within blockchain is happening in gaming the biggest progress that we can see right now is in gaming the biggest use cases that we can see right now are in gaming even if you don't play you can still take a look at it see how the technology w- works and and doesn't work so if other companies begin to adopt this technology that does work you can see that they're possibly on the right or wrong track if they, if they start adopting things that you're just like that's ridiculous what's going on why would they implement that um so please take a look pay attention this is uh this is gonna be very important for your guys's future basically
0: yeah, and uh, uh, Aaron, thanks for joining us again. Thanks for having me, as always. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's gonna be we're gonna be doing more of that. Uh, also, we're working on some gaming centric show ish. We're figuring that out, so mm-hmm. yes, stay tuned. A
1: side project for you guys that are more hardcore gamers, because we know there's a lot in uh, crypto space as well. Uh, so yeah, hopefully it'll be some exciting stuff. You guys can join us for and uh, play games with us.
0: And I just wanted to be candid up front again to remind our fans. I know we've changed things up, whether it's like. Tuesday, Monday podcast. What are we doing? Obviously, our we've merged our shows. It's block news and our in-depth interview, if we have one. We've been grace gracefully lucky to have many. Uh, and um, gracefully lucky. Is I that even a way to say it? That's the perfect way to say it. I just it. Continue. said continue. Anyway. Uh, but we have been blessed with so many interviews. We actually have a few more coming, uh, and we think uh, including both is kind of just makes it simpler every tuesday you get a new podcast from the coinboys and get a full week to listen to it at your leisure uh and of course we have the coinboys.com that's where our hub is there's a, a button for soundcloud itunes google play which actually i read google is looking into updating the way they they show their podcasts and they're going to yeah, make it better
2: everybody's updating so, spotify as well they're but all not, they're all trying to feature podcasts more so than music and I think I know why but which uh, because they're not paying us
0: basically (laughs) but it excites me because we've we've built an uh, I don't know if we have an audience but we've been on Google Play for a long time so I'm happy and excited to see how that changes and we'll make sure that we include that our handles on social media are the Coinboys podcast on IG and Twitter I'm producer by the way producer BTW we got Daniel Gutierrez at D Gutierrez 84 we got Aaron at sanity crypto on Twitter and we'll see you all next word. Peace. Bye, guys. Bye.